Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. Here we are once again, another week, another win. Malaga win two games in a row after a 2-0 win against Albacete this past weekend. We've talked all season about how important it is to achieve safety, but should we now be using the P word again? We'll see if that P word comes up on this week's podcast. I hope it does, but I'm not sure if it will. Um, But also, we'll be looking ahead to this Saturday's game, which is against the team directly below us in the league, which is Las Palmas. And we are delighted to be joined by Matt Raines of the Las Palmas UK Fan Zone once again to talk all things Malaga and Las Palmas. But as always, we'll start with the news, but not before... I introduce my fellow Giri casters. So, as always, we're joined by Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? Hi, Matt. Hi, Alex. How are you guys? I am very good. And as you've already given him a bit of an intro, oh, there. yeah. No, it's okay. Oh. You, you can you introduce him for a change, Chris. He's all yours. He is the most handsome guy in the you can find in the English universities. <laughs> he is smart. He studies French. The, the language of, of love. He is Mr. Love, dressed today as a, um, a peaky blinder. He is our one and only Alex Ashmore. Hello, everybody. Oh, I, um, I feel I'm like doing well. I just, just come in from a round of golf. I feel there, Chris. That was a really good intro. The only thing it was missing, and we have to think about this, was he needed a nickname in the middle, like you know, Alex the Power Ashmore? But we'll think of <laughs> we'll think of something um, in between. Alex, um, just because you are our UK representative at the moment, I suppose I've got to ask. I'm not going to ask about Prince Philip. We're not going to talk about Prince Philip, you know. But rest in peace, Prince Philip, etc. Um, have you been to a beer garden yet? I have. Last night, yes, last night I went out for dinner at a pub in Langdon near Market Harbour up in Leicestershire. So, yeah, it's lovely to have them back. And it, I mean, I'm sure you two will agree, pints in a pub, so much better than pints from a beer or a, a bottle or a can. And what was the weather like? Because I saw it was snowing in some parts of Britain and people still braving it. Was, was you clear enough it to was, go out? It was actually really nice and sunny. It was no wind. It was a bit chilly once the sun went down, but apart from that, the, the food warmed me up. So, yeah, it was perfect. Do you know what my favourite thing to drink is at the moment? I do like a nice good pint of three points for Malaga, which is what happened this past weekend. Another 2-0 win, or a 2-0 win, not another 2-0 win. We don't score too often. I got a bit afraid that you were going to say a nice big cold pint of Tinto de Verano. Oh, well, I don't mind that either. Pints of patch (laughs) Well, yeah, I think, yeah. It look, they look quite similar. You could get them mixed up. Um, but we did have Patron. We did have Patron. We did not have pints of it. We did have our usual shots. There was more than one shot of it, if I remember rightly. Um, we did have a shot during half-time, actually, because there was two Malaga fans, uh, Niall and Louise, when we were winning 1-0, and they had to go for lunch at half-time. So they said, could they have their Patron then? And I sort of said to Pam, oh, you, we might be jinxing it here. But she was sure we were going to win. So I said, I'll trust you. But that does put Malaga, those three points, do put Malaga on 48 points in ninth position. 
Alex. No, I'm not going to go to you first. You're the voice of reason. You'll spoil it. Chris, are Malaga going to do it? Are we going to chase those playoffs now? Oh, is that the B word you were thinking? <laughs> no, I wasn't talking uh, about Philip either. <laughs> I thought, I thought penis. <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> I thought, yes, finally, <laughs> finally, it's going to be the whole hour of Kiri Kost talking about penis. But no, <laughs> it's about playoffs. Yeah. Um, I find it difficult to. I think, I believe, Malaga should go for it. That Pedicer should say to his guys, we're not to everybody. He, he should say it in press conference. Says he should say it uh, in the changing room. He should say, I don't know if we're gonna make it. I don't know if we can, but. We go for it to the end. Playoffs is our new mission. Because if you don't do that, I think it will be a very dull and awful rest of the season. I think that is a very sensible answer you've given there, Chris. And actually, he sort of has come out in press conferences and he keeps using the word ambition, doesn't he? He said, we have ambition. He doesn't use the term going for playoffs. Um, Alex... Uh, any thoughts? I know you're going to spoil my party here. Go on. <laughs> I'm not going to go full spoiling. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to sound very much like a football manager, and I'm going to say take it a game at a time. We've got to, you know, I think it would be wrong of us to look too far ahead because nothing's ever secure in football. We're not mathematically safe yet. I'm not sure if we are, but I think take each game as it comes, and if we start picking up points in each game, then. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. But I think, yeah, it's the most important thing is to take each game as, come, as it comes and then see where we end up. Yeah, you see, I did get a little bit too excited and did the complete opposite of what you said. And I did look too far ahead. And I think the one thing that might trip us up is the fact we've got to play Girona, Espanyol, Leganes, Mallorca still. And that might be quite tough. But um, we can dream for now. This podcast, we will carry on <coughs> dreaming. Um, going ahead to next season when we, you know, we could be in the Primera again. So I don't know, you know, if this basically Manolo Gaspar in a interview with Canal Canal Sur Radio said that we might be signing or should be signing eight or nine players in the summer. I'm assuming he's taking that to mean we'll be in the Segunda because I think he's quite more sen- he's more sensible than me. Uh, is, did that statement surprise you, Chris? Eight or nine players, or do you think that is realistically what we need to be going for? Well, um, this season we weren't allowed to have more than eighteen players, which is like mm, that's like nothing yeah. having eighteen players. Um, so it's logical that we are looking to have a team bigger than eighteen players. About. 22, 24, I think. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot, uh, lots of players who are on loan. Yeah, that's true. Who are leaving. And I think um, that players like Benke Massa and Orlando Shah shouldn't continue at Malaga next season. So that's okay. too missing already. So yeah, I think maybe even more players. He's aiming for eight or nine. I can only say 
I don't care as long as uh, Charlie Jensen is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, that that's the main one we're going for. We're we're going to keep keep pushing that campaign, um, putting that to the forefront of our podcast. I'm sure. Uh, they, Alex, won a, they won again this week. Yes, they did. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Alex, um, would you agree with what Chris said there? Do you think that sounds like a sensible amount of signings? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the current squad, I mean, I'll just go through it quickly. Juan Soriano, Le Mejias, Joaquin, um, who else is there that's on loan? We've got Kai Quintana. Romani. So there's, there's Rahmani, who I think I heard in the interview that possibly there might be the option there of signing him on a permanent deal. So there's already Chavaria, who we don't know what's happening in his, yeah. with his contract situation. Orlando Saar, I think his contract is up at the end of the season. Oh, so, Jose Ved, who's returning back to Santa Vigo. So, I mean, I, I, those are the main ones that I can think of. And those are all, that's about seven or eight. So, mm. I think it's realistic for us to sign another seven or eight to replace those. And like Chris said, I think a few more on top just to replenish the squad. And, yeah, if we can, the, the more the better, I think. Because we we've, still the players where I have my doubts on, like, Jairo Sampedio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and I think I think we've seen it this season. There's been certain points where injuries have blighted us, and you know we've struggled with not having a full strength squad at times. Yeah, and actually, of that list, I, I, to be honest with you, until you listed them, I didn't realize quite how many players we had on loan, or I'd sort of forgotten how many we had on loan. Um, do you think any of those are realistically going to stay? Because when you were reading the list, then I was like, no, no, no. Um, and I suppose we could get a couple back on loan again, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I, I think, think we could Soriano, be possibly. It depends what we do. Obviously, if Kretas comes back or Kelian. Mm-hmm. I think Mejias, if Leganes get promoted, we're more likely mm-hmm. to get Mejias back. I'm not sure what his quality is like in La Liga. Obviously, Joaquin, that could happen because, you know, he's obviously not playing for Wesker. In, oh, to be fair, if Wesker come down, that could be a, a good... Uh, that could be a pivotal uh, point in the decision true, making yeah. there because if they come down they'll want him in Segunda and obviously Kai Quintana I'm not sure and personally I wouldn't have him back um, but yeah <coughs> no, I think I think out of there there's a few on that list that could come back but yeah, it, it's touch and go Chavarria has one uh, who I think we can sign yes yeah that sounds uh, like a have, possibility we have an option for Ramani mm-hmm. for I think 500,000 euros. Okay. It's also, it depends a bit on how much we can spend next season. It's hard to tell yet. Soriano depends not really on us, but uh, that's, that's all Seville, I think. Who, yeah. What Sevilla wants, um, because Sevilla has enough, enough keepers. So I don't know what their idea is for Soriano. And we could also receive money if we sell any players. We talked about yeah, um, Luis Munoz possibly leaving. If we get money from that, then that could you know generate some revenue. I'm sure we'd probably put it to other things first, but you know we never know. And while we're talking about players who could come back, um, our Twitter's been quite busy over the last two or three hours. I noticed um, because I believe I don't know who did the tweet. But they shared the tweet about the story that um, we've been linked with one of our old players coming back. Our old captain, Adrian, uh, coming back from Zaragoza. And fair to say, 
He very much divides opinion, it seems, judging from our Twitter. Some people are like, oh, thank God the captain's come back. And some are like, Madre Mia. And, um, I was quite surprised. I thought he was a bit more liked than that. But there seems a lot of people really don't want to see him back. Was you surprised at all, Chris? Uh, I'm probably most surprised that we made it all the way to Zaragoza. Hi, everybody in Zaragoza. <laughs> because we have a load of comments from Zaragoza. But... Um, I don't really think it's a, it's a, I find it hard. He, he wants to play for Malaga. He didn't want to leave Malaga in the first place. Yeah. Um, he likes Malaga just a bit better than he likes Zaragoza. Um, so yeah, he's wanting to return. If it is an option, I don't know. Malaga would be happy from what I've heard to have him back. But I think it's not anything more than a rumour. Yeah. So. Seems so. I think it'd be great to come out. Like you said, even just for that idea of someone... I, I get the impression he did quite a lot off the pitch last season as, as yeah. well last year. But I thought he was pretty good on the pitch as well. He had a bit of a... Seem to remember <clears> him having a spell where he had a few bad games. But generally... And he, he scored goals, which is obviously something we're still lacking to an extent. Um, Alex, where do you stand on the Adrian coming back story? I think it, it depends on what are the signings we bring in in the summer, because if we're lacking, I think obviously, yeah, we talked about earlier the list, Josebed's going back, Ramon, can he be that pivotal you know, player in the midfield? Will Luis Munoz stay? Is Escassi getting any better? Is getting older? You know, can he, can he keep it up? And... Same with Adrian, he's not getting any younger. So I think there's more positives to negatives, but I think it would solely depend on what signings we make in the summer and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. And just quickly, I only saw this about 30 minutes before we started recording. The uh, journalist uh, Javier Bautista said that Malaga are probably going or looking to renew Sergio Pérez's contract. And uh, that uh, the Segunda, what's it? What's the new Twitter account called? Segunda Football. They they tweeted us trying to get our opinion, didn't they? But um, so, what is our opinion? I, I'm all for Pay Say Stay, and I think he's done a brilliant job. He, I think he's earned the chance to stay a bit longer. Um, I, I'll go to you first, Alex, because I think you're a bit more on my side there, and I'll be interested to hear Chris's view then. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I said it uh, the other day on the WhatsApp group. I think considering. The financial situation at the club, how many players we brought in, new players that we brought in in the summer, and the situation the whole club basically is in. It's a fantastic effort that we're in ninth, tenth, or wherever we are in the table. So, you know, I think Peter has done a fantastic job. So, and also, I, you know, uh, this is me being brutally honest. I can't see anyone else who would come in That's that true. we could afford. So I think, you know, I, and I'm happy with what Bayethead is doing. So, yeah, definitely keep him. Maybe, maybe we've misread this rumour. Maybe it's Adrian coming back as a player-manager because, of course, his dad was a... <laughs> uh, did his dad manage at Malaga? I can't remember. Did I know yes, him? Yeah, I thought he did. Too. I thought he did, yeah. I, I know he's managed quite a lot of clubs in Spain, but I couldn't remember if it was Malaga. Yeah. Um, and then, Chris, what about you? Because I know you've you've had a bit more of a up-and-down... I agree. I agree Payson. and disagree with you guys. Okay. Why do I agree? Because uh, <coughs> we all know the story from Malaga, the financial and the 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 sportive way of of how things were going. The obstacles. Um, 
so we know all the extras outside of the of the pitch. Um, having forty eight points is a massive and incredible job. Not only from him, but also from Manolo Gaspar. Mm-hmm. But um, there are a few things I have disliked in this season. The five defenders, um, Escassi as a center back. Um, what else? The 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 changes, Benke Massa on the pitch, the subs. I don't know. I, he he makes a bit too many mistakes for me, like uh, resting players against uh, lower teams, and then I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a strange season, uh, anyhow. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm happy if he would stay. But then, next season he would have to convince me, like for real. Okay, I, I'd agree with that too. Yeah, because I did see. Um, I apologies. I think it was someone replying to that Segunda football account saying that he's a good, he's the perfect manager for what we needed in regards of stabilizing the club when yeah. there's, as you said, lots of obstacles in the way, and he's good for that. But maybe for a club that sees itself as a big club like Malaga and going forward that maybe we need to be a bit more exciting in the future. And I don't know, maybe he can do that. Maybe he hasn't had the opportunity to show that. And I'd even say, even like little things like Iskassi playing in defence, this has pretty much been a brand new team, hasn't it? And I think it has taken, you know, time experimenting, working things out. And it'd be great if we could... Yeah, I agree. But with Iskassi, it was too long. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that like too. Half a season that way, quite possibly. Yeah, I suppose <clears throat> perhaps the thing that put him off Escassi in midfield was for a long part of the season. Luis Munoz and Ramon looked really good in those two positions, and he didn't want to drop either of them. But then when Ramon got injured, he had an excuse, and it fell and, into place in quite a nice way, I suppose. But yeah, and and I also think that. Uh, Josabet being on paper your best player you should build a team around your best player on the pitch and if you look at Josabet now he's a pretty important player we're seeing the Josabet yeah. we want to see but uh, uh, but I think if you said he didn't play him in the right way okay but I think you would say the first half of the season our two best players were Luis Munoz and Ramon so why not say build the team around them instead and have people fit into those positions but well to be honest about Ramon he played the first four or five games he was brilliant of the season mm-hmm. and afterwards it went a bit down which, which yeah, isn't of course, yeah, a yeah. problem it isn't a problem because he has a great future and he's a great talent okay yeah, uh, you're probably right but with Ramon there, actually. I, I, I would probably agree with that. Maybe he's... I think he's still very young. His, his time will come, but maybe it's, it was a bit too early to yeah. to rely on him. Anyway, perhaps we can talk about some of this in um, the other two parts we've got coming up about maybe our starting 11 and things like that, etc. Just one or two other things quickly to mention. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about here. The club released footage of construction at our new training ground this week. They think it'll be done, or hoping it'll be done by October. 
Um, I don't really think there's much to say about it, really, though, that we haven't already, unless anybody wants to say they are either of you into dumper trucks and JCBs and want to say things about them. Cause no, but no. I really thought it looks a lot like La Rosaleda, and I don't know okay. if that's on purpose. I didn't know. Or not, but I really like it. So oh. that's the only thing. Alex, are you into JCBs and want to talk about the JCBs in the videos or anything? As much as I'm a, a countryside boy, I, I, I haven't really taken an interest okay. in all those sort of diggers and stuff like that. <laughs> well, for everybody Although, looking on YouTube, he looks like a decent farmer, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although my first ever word was tractor, so oh, maybe, right. maybe there was a career there that I didn't pursue. Well, I was hoping, I, I guess you're probably too young, Alex, and Chris too foreign, um, there was always one, there was a, what do you call it, a sketch in the fast show, I don't know if you know the fast show, and there's like businessmen on a construction site and having a really serious meeting and looking over contracts, and then a, a JC, or a digger goes past, and they all go, digger, and they all chase after the digger, and like, oh, look at it, look at it go, and they like act like five-year-olds, and I was hoping <laughs> that would happen in this video, but it, it didn't. It sounds like great, like, like Little Britain. It, it was sort of that sort of show, yeah. It was perhaps l less offensive. It was uh, mid nineties, very very funny. Do, do we find Little Britain offensive? Um, I, I certainly didn't at the time, and I probably don't now still. But I suppose if it was on TV now, it would. I, well, I don't think it would be on TV. I, now, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> but I like Little Britain in general. Um, just quickly, then, Chris, we got a few minutes left. Do, do you want to talk about t-shirts? Well, t-shirts, sweaters, everybody, everything, you, anything you can think of. Flat cats. Um, flat cats. <laughs> because the thing is, um, it was very difficult because people were asking us for merchandise, merchandise. Um, so we, we, we came up with a design and um, then we thought, okay, how are we going to do this? We are a non-profit non organization. organization. Um, I think, and we all think that that it we shouldn't earn money over something we love, and um, yeah. So we decided not to earn any money on it, um, but packaging costs and then uh, shipment is like in thirty nine countries around the world. It's impossible. So what we're going to do is we're going to give away the design. But, um, and that's all I'm going to say for now. Okay, yeah, we should add, you do have, we do have a sort of interesting idea that we're going yeah. to do with it. So if you keep an eye on our Twitter, you know, there will be more information there. But if you go on our Twitter at the moment, you can see the design, can't you? It's really cool, actually. Yeah. So what you can do, I can say that, is... You can get the design, we will give it away for free because we don't want to earn any money of it. We do this because we love Malaga. Um, and uh, what you can do is once we, we will send the design to you in a PDF file and then you can go to your local printing shop and you can have it printed on t-shirts, uh, sweaters, once you receive it, the design is also yours. Mm -hmm. There you go. I know it's a bit of a strange way, but um, for example, sending uh, a T-shirt to Alex costs 20 euros or 25 euros. That's like 
a lot of money and I don't think anybody should pay that much money on a shipment or on a Kiri cost uh, t-shirt or sweater without even that only being the shipment so yeah that's why we came up with this idea and yeah like you said Chris there's an extra bit of information that is linked to all this which will come out shortly via someone else we will say and we will leave it we will leave it there and also we shall leave our news section there because do you know what I fancy talking about another Malaga win. So let's go into that. So there was no upsetty against bottom of the league, Albacete. Malaga 2, Albacete 0. Let's just get straight into it. You know, let, let's enjoy talking about these wins and hopefully for weeks to come we can keep talking about them and we can get closer to using that P word even more. Again, I mean playoffs, not penis. Or, or, or Philip. Um, anyway, start in 11, guys. Um, I'll just give you the headlines and you can tell me if there's any surprises. So, Jairo kept his place again. Ale Benitez kept his place. Kaya started up front. I know we talked about whether Stefan might start instead. Soriano back in goal, of course, on the goalkeeper merry-go-round. And Christian was in the start in 11. Alex, any surprises there for you or what to be, what we expected? No, I think in general it's fairly, fairly well, no, no surprises there. I'm really glad that Ale Benitez kept his spot. I think he's been fantastic. Lomban as well deserved to keep his spot because he was brilliant against Lugo. I think he's come back in and I thought maybe he might have been a weak spot for the team because he's been out for quite a while, but he's been fantastic. And yeah, I'm glad Soriano kept his spot in goal. And unfortunately, Stefan didn't get to start, but I'm not sure. Maybe he's not up to match fitness yet or Peter doesn't want to risk putting him in yet. I think good to see Christian getting a start as well because, yeah. you know, he hasn't been up in the team that much recently. So... You know, I think in general, I'm very happy with the team and yet again, glad he's not, not gone with five at the back. I'm glad he's, he's left that back in 2020. Yeah, to be honest with you, if that starting 11, it was, as I think we could agree, that it was generally what we expected with Soriano coming back in. I didn't really expect Stefan to start, to be honest with you. I still think there's worries about his um, fitness, but I was really happy to see Christian start just because I think he's been dropped and rightly so because he hasn't been up to scratch. But I think he's probably come around again now. He's probably worth giving a go and we can perhaps talk about whether he had a good game or not. But Chris, uh, again, any surprises for you or any concerns or all good? I think it was all good. I didn't see, I, like we expect, expected probably. I was happy to see um, Christian starting and not somebody else. But, uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> and so, yes. Yeah, Yeah, and then I suppose it was a bit of a funny start to the game because I I, I wrote down when I was like sending us um, sending us sort of agenda that I thought we made a good start to the game and that set the tone for the game. But when I sort of looked back over one of the match reports last night, I forgot actually that Albacete did have quite a one or two little chances, particularly that um, overhead kick from uh, Zozulia. I can never say it. Yeah. Zozulia. 
which was, I don't know, if he put that a bit further to Soriano's left, that, that was going in, that was a great effort. But, but generally... I, I, I couldn't do that with, without breaking my legs or something. Yeah, it was impressive. It was, um, yeah, it was that quite, really, really difficult. But it, was, it's not, it wasn't like a really elegant overhead kick. It was like really elegant falling over, I thought. But um, yeah, but then, but basically the thing I was going to say to you guys was I thought generally we started quite comfortable and that set the tone for the game, really, because I thought we were generally, generally, of course we had moments, just comfortable was the word I would describe that performance. I, I don't know. I don't think we were that, that good. Okay. Well, this is why I use the word comfortable. I don't even think we were really dominating. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that again in a second, because I looked at some of the stats um, earlier and I was quite surprised. So I'll go to Alex first. Um, uh, have I got it completely wrong, Alex? Did the patch round go to my head? No, I think in general, I think Albacete yeah, had the first couple of clear clear cut chances. I think you know we started off okay. I couldn't see there was maybe one chance when I think it was in the second half where I could see Albacete scoring. But apart from that, they didn't really offer much up front. So although we maybe didn't come into the game for the first five minutes, I think we looked pretty secure and Soriano made a couple of good saves over the course of the game but I think in general we dominated from start to finish there was a bit obviously towards the end where they were pushing for the equaliser and that's how we got our second but I think yeah. in general maybe domination is the wrong word but I think comfort is yeah. probably the right word that's we, why we I look at threat I was very clear on using the word comfortable because I never felt too worried for some reason I don't know why but um, yeah like you said we had the uh, I think it was Ramani had that header, didn't he? Which I think he should have done better with, or certainly got on target. And I think Christian had quite a long shot, which just went over, didn't it? But then, um, yeah, it was sort of quite slow paced. But then we get our goal. Chris, uh, you know, do you want to talk about the goal? Ramani scores goal 23rd minute. Anything exciting to say about the goal? I think it's it's a good goal. Mm, me too. It's not a real, it's not a pretty goal. It's not <laughs> a really nice goal, but it's a, it's a good goal, important goal. You have to be on, think, that, on that position. Do you think Ale meant that pass? No, absolutely not. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think. Oh, I think he definitely shot. And actually, I I I'd have to see it again. I don't think it was going too far wide. I think it was quite a good shot, actually. I uh, might have even been going in, but I think... Uh, uh, it wasn't a pass, no, I'm joking. It wasn't a pass, but it could have gone in. Mm. Or maybe the keeper would have got it. Yeah, because the, key- well, the touch the touch of Romani uh, changed the, mm. the the way the ball was going. So Yeah, it was funny because um, obviously Ali, Benite- Ali Benitez with a shot. It's going one way. Romani sticks a foot out and turns it the other way. But it's funny when they showed the replay... The goalie was like diving one way, and as soon as it hits Romani, he thinks, "Well, I'm not going to save it." So he puts his hand up and is like, "Offside, offside." And to be honest with you, when it went in on the first, you know, when it went in before the replays, I said, "Like I said to Pam, oh, we've scored." But I said, "Don't I ring." I was afraid the-. as well. I said, "Don't yes. ring the bell," and she's like, "Why?" I said, "Because I think it's offside," and it was only. I don't know, the more the Malaga players celebrated, I thought, they look like they know it's a goal. So I did say, I think we can ring the bell now. So, um, yeah, like you said, though, Chris, it, was, like, it wasn't a pretty goal, but it was very instinctive and, you know, he had to react quickly. I to think turn it. you also have to have a 
bit of cojones for that to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you touch it, it's an ugly thing to do to your coworker. Mm. Um, because you know, if I take a shot and you put your foot against it, it's not the most nicest thing to do. <laughs> um, but I would say with, with this one though, Chris, I would say it's far enough out that he can do yeah. that. I think there's about eight yards, maybe. I wasn't like, enough. If, on if the you line. miss it, yeah. If if you like, if if you would totally miss it, we would all say, well. Why? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Like you said, I think that initial shot was... I don't think it had been a goal. I think if it was on target, like you said, Chris, I think it was getting saved. But it wasn't weak. It wasn't <coughs> a weak shot. No, it was nice. It, it, it was a pretty hard shot from Ale Benitez. Mm. It's one of those um, like daisy cutters, I think, is what the team because would the use. Only thing, the only thing um, Giannis did was touch it. Mm. He didn't put any nope. strength behind it. No, and he went pretty hard in. Yeah. So yeah, he just turned his foot side footed it really, didn't he? He didn't have to put much on it. Um but yes, that was a goal and then we saw again, I'm gonna use that word look comfortable, but I think you've already mentioned it, Alex. Um Soriano made some great saves. Um I was a bit annoyed actually, because I thought, well, I can't quite remember them, so I thought I'd look on the highlight reel um this afternoon. And they're not on the highlight, so I can't really remember what they like. So Alex, any memory of those saves you wanna Share with us. I yeah, I mean the one on the highlight reel, the one in the second half, where <coughs> I think it was kind of a cross from the Albafete player, and the I think it was Sosolio got a sort of toe on it, and yeah. you know Soriano had his hand down by his knee and he kept it out. I think that was a good one. I think the first one, the the overhead kick, you know, I think he had that one comfortably. But there were a few moments where I was thinking, you know, they could have they could have you know had it. It was a good chance, you know, a good shot on target, but. Soriano, I think his shot stopping's really improved since the beginning of the season yeah. because first couple of games he played, especially against Zaragoza, I think he looked a bit like a deer in the headlights. He was just, you know, a bit confused, not really sure what he was doing. But yeah, I think he's he's improved immensely over the course of the season. So obviously, the last two games we've had Danny Barrio in goals. Uh, are we are we still Team Soriano on this podcast now? Hashtag Team Soriano. Yeah. Chris, so, uh, yeah, definitely Team Soriano. He had a difficult start, but yes, I'm definitely now uh, Team Soriano. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then, to be honest with you, there wasn't too much going on. And I think, as Alex alluded to earlier, Albacete came out the second half, maybe not really full-on attack, but certainly pushing a bit. And then all of a sudden, we're up the other end of the pitch, scoring in the 56th minute. Uh, two superb passes, Alex. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I was on the Twitter and Facebook, and I think the I'll quote it, it was, what a ball, what a cross, what a goal. I mean, <laughs> it was that perfect sequence. I can't remember who played the ball. It was, it was Juande or Christian. It was Christian that did the first pass, and then, obviously, yeah. Jairo with the cross. And I think Jairo with a fantastic cross, and then, you know, credit to uh, Calle for finishing off. But I think it, it kept in the air a bit, the, the, the big uh, cross. I don't yeah, know. it did. I thought like, oh, this ball's going out, but then yeah. it yeah. somehow stopped like a <laughs> like a drone, and then <laughs> came down. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was fantastic, and yeah, it was perfect. It, it's it's a it's a very Malaga goal of recent because you know we we soak up pressure and then we go on the counter attack and we we score. But that's it, I suppose. It is in a way, but 
I think the one thing we've missed all season is someone to play that sort of pass. Like I know Luis Munoz and maybe Ramon can do those sort of passes, but maybe not quite as over the top as that Christian one was. Um, yeah, because again, I said, don't ring the bell yet, Pam. I think it might be offside. But And then as soon as he showed the replay and he was in the half, I was like, oh, what a goal. Uh, Chris, any nerves when you realised it was Kaya Quintana who was the one breaking into the box to tap it in? I didn't even notice it was Kaya Quintana <laughs> until he scored. Well, there you go. So was you surprised when you saw it was him? <laughs> yeah, because he made a great goal. <laughs> and he made a goal. And the shot wasn't even weak. It wasn't the header. Um, yeah, he surprised me with that. I think I was more surprised that when I, I did, I did realise it was him because as soon as Hyro sort of looked up, I thought, here we go. And I was surprised he didn't take a touch first because that's what he always does wrong, isn't it? Take a touch too many. But he hit it and I thought, thank God he's hit it. This must go in. But um, Hyro again, I thought Hyro was excellent again in this game. And that pass, when I watched it again, both passes again, but his cross is perfect. You can see him looking and taking his time and doesn't panic superb so then again I, I you guys tell me I didn't really think there was much else going on in the game I think I sort of I just started chatting to people in the pub to be honest with you and stop stop paying as much attention did I miss anything or was or was it just game over then not really I think there was a sort of opportunity towards the end it was in like 94 maybe 95th minute where we could have added a third but I think it was you know stifled by Alamafete but you know I think apart from that it was fairly uneventful and I you know I usually I'm usually doing an update every five or ten minutes for the Twitter but I don't think I did one for a good 20 minutes at some point during the second half so yeah, yeah. It's, it was fairly uneventful. So that's why I put the question to you I'm going to use that word again was it our most comfortable win of the season because I think it was I I just felt as soon as it was 2-0 especially I just felt okay that's done and I never I feel, feel, like I feel a bit like I watched a different match, to be honest. Okay. Go on then, Chris. I'm interested. Tell us why. I, I think Malaga wasn't that good, wasn't comfortable okay. at all. I think Malaga was lucky okay. that Albacete is <laughs> Fair enough. I think, um, I, I, by the way, I'm going to just add to, I keep saying the word comfortable. I don't mean I thought Malaga were like really good at all, though. I do think they wasn't our best performance. It may be, like you just said, Chris, Albacete weren't very good. Um, so I suppose my next question is for our friends that joined us last week. We had Rick from Clockwork Cheese, and they've tweeted the podcast out and stuff last week. So thank you for that, our friends at the Clockwork Cheese. It, it, can we give them any joy? Did you see anything from them that perhaps suggests they could stay up? No. I didn't understand some changes from their behalf, on their behalf. Okay. Um, well, like players playing well, they got substituted. Yeah. Okay, I can't say anything. Was, that, was that because of yellow cards or to save them for next week once they knew they, they were going to lose? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I thought Torres in the midfield looked impressive. Yeah. For three, I think it was the best threat up front for them, but... Then again, not really offering much. So, you know, whether they have players missing or, you know, they're, they're just in a, in a bit of a rut, we'll have to wait and see. Well, this is something I was going to mention. And this perhaps links back to what Chris is saying, that he feels we watched a different game. Because I was quite surprised by this. And maybe Chris isn't surprised by it. But when I was looking at the stats, and I know 
you know, stats don't tell the whole story. But apparently, like, we had 183 passes and they had 381. And I was like, I can't remember them having twice as many passes as us. And apparently they had 63% possession. I was like, well, but again, as Chris said, maybe we were watching a different game, Alex. It's surprising. The, the only thing that didn't surprise me is that we had two shots on target and obviously scored them both. So that was quite yeah, pleasing. That's okay. Yeah. So I think we weren't comfortable. We were just looking that we played against the worst team of the whole competition. Yeah. I think from what we saw on Saturday, yeah. I, I think as well, when you're bottom of the league, like say, for example, that overhead kick in the first 10 minutes, those little bits of luck... Just don't yeah. go your way. And even our goal, you could argue our first goal was pretty lucky, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, that left yeah. back or the guy who was at left back who played Romani onside is not a good team wouldn't let that happen. So um yeah, there's no But luck. I did something because I got bored as well during the match. Okay. Oh god. Um I didn't talk to people in the pub because the pubs in Holland are closed. Um what did I do? In the 80th minute, my best friend, Mohamed Ben Kemasa, came on the pitch. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, you know, the only thing I'm going to look at okay. is Ben Kemasa. So this is Chris's play. For the rest account. of the match. So I've got a name for this, Chris. I've got a name for this feature already. We're going to call it Ben Kamasa. Kamasa. Yes. That's for his personal camera, Ben Kamasa. I didn't look where the ball was. I didn't look what happened. I only <laughs> watched 15 minutes of Ben Kamasa and every move he made and everything he did. Okay. What were your findings? He should never be on a football pitch <laughs> again. <laughs> Okay. What? What? What in particular? No, that that's. I think that's a really cool thing you did, actually, Chris. I'm. I'm actually genuinely interested. Um, what? If you have the possibility to watch it back, watch it back. Okay. The, it's only 15 minutes. It, it, it isn't an hour. He's. Did he do um, anything particularly bad, or is it more that he didn't do anything? Because that's my thing with him. I think sometimes. He didn't do anything, and um, he wasn't defending anyone. He was more busy trying to attack for me than doing his defensive job. Okay. Uh, because once the ball go, uh, went towards our uh, half and Obaceta was attacking, he was jogging back, not doing really anything, not, not doing really much. And when... Um, Malaga was attacking. He was like uh, a cheetah. <laughs> well. he, he ran as fast as he could. And um, I didn't really see him trying to get the ball when we were possession, uh, when we did have ball possession. I didn't see him like offering himself to get the ball. And I think in his position, uh, getting the ball. It's like a very important thing to do at that stage of the match, that you keep ball possession, that you play it well. And I don't know. He was like everywhere, but he was nowhere. Right. And just quickly, while it's in my head, 
I'm, I was just, while you were speaking then, Chris, I was trying to remember, who did Joaquin Munoz compare him to last week? It's bugging me. On his Instagram Q&A, Joaquin Munoz said, Ben Kamasa is the Malaga. Do you... Uh, it oh, yeah, didn't say Cloud Makalele. No, it? it was someone more. If someone current, it'll come back. Tell you what, we'll finish once we finish this section. I will Google it and we'll find out and we'll mention it in the next bit. We'll we'll make sure to put it in our notes. Um, but yeah, I, I I like that, Chris. I think it's pretty cool you did that. That that's our our new feature, Ben Kamasa. So yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to give him like I thought. Okay, you wanted Maybe to give him. I'm, I'm I'm looking at. I, I'm making a mistake on criticizing him every week. Um, I entered the post-match at uh, Frequencia Malagista and I gave him the chumbo because okay. he didn't participate at all. Okay. Going away from Ben Kamasa then, Chris. Um, just quickly, because I saw... I, I Forgive me, I can't remember where I saw a tweet about this on Twitter, but I saw someone talking about... They thought Payese could have been more exciting with his subs because we looked so comfortable. I don't know if anyone else felt that. We brought on the usual uh, Joaquin Munoz, Stefan, Ben Kamasa, Ramon, Alexander, and a few people were saying, why not give La Rubia 15 minutes or yeah. Julio or Dravi Review felt that way? Yeah, I totally agree. And it's even... Uh, I think we have said that we are very interested that we like Stefan so far, but then it makes me think. I saw him last week and this week. It, it's also not really convincing me. No, I didn't really notice him this week, to be honest with you. I didn't, I, he didn't jump out at me. Um, Alex? He's no Chavarria. No, he's no Chavarria. Let, let's, not even, let's not even sort of humour that thought. Um, Alex, any, any, any feelings about the substitutions at all? No, I think it, you know. Obviously, there is a there is an argument for putting in the youngsters because you know we were two 0 up, looking comfortable. Now's the best chance if we ever gonna if we ever are gonna get a free half an hour, it's gonna be then. But I think, in, in a way, I think obviously, yeah, no, it's hard to say that you know Stefan wasn't you know, at his best. But I think when you're only playing 15 minutes here or there, it's hard to yeah. really put a stamp on on the game. So, no, I think it all in all. Fairly happy with the substitutions, but yeah, possibly would have liked to have seen maybe a bit of La Rubia. And you know, I think going forward, the, more, the closer we get to you know security, like absolute, you know, one hundred percent, we're staying up. I think we should start playing more of these youngsters from the beginning. So you know, I'm going to one for the bingo. I'm going to say Isa Fomba. I think La Rubia, maybe even Kevin. Um, Kevin, keep Alenitas at right back. I think you know. Uh, obviously bring back in Casas when he has the opportunity. But yeah, no, I think uh, I've seen enough of Alexander Gonzalez to to say I'm not really a fan of him. Do you know, these crazy commentators we have on YouTube, which actually he was very quiet this week, I noticed. He didn't really say much. He went quiet a lot. But if Kevin plays and scores and they don't do the Kevin from home alone, Kevin! Uh, <laughs> when he goes missing, I'm going to be really, really annoyed. So that, that, I'm just throwing it out there for those commentators now. Um, right, come on then, guys. Let's let's get this bit wrapped up and look ahead to the future and and the p word, um, chumbo. Chris, I think you've sort of told us already who your chumbo is, but I know you sometimes like to change your mind. So you said you give it to Ben Kamasa um, after the game. Who are you going with to, on this podcast? Ben Kamasa. 
Okay, I thought it might be uh, for reasons I think you've already explained. Yes. Um, Alex, I'm going to go with Christian. Not for any particular reason. I just don't think he. Great. I think out of the players on the pitch, I think he was the worst. I don't think he did anything particularly wrong. But I have my rule of not giving any uh, chumbos to substitutes. Okay. But I think, I you know, Christian... I, yeah, I, I agree with you on, on, really? on the substitute thing, really. Um, but, yeah, go watch back those 15 minutes. Oh, no. um, I wouldn't give it to him. No, uh, that's what I think. Wasn't like I, I would thought, give it to Lombard, probably. I thought Lombard was my second choice, to be honest with you. I, I thought Christian was one of our best players. Of us, but, and, well... Good players. I, I've given it. I've gone the other side, to be honest with you, Alex. I've gone with Hosebed. I thought Hosebed looked a little bit um, overwhelmed. Seems a bit too strong, but I think he miss. I think he's better when he can go forward a bit more, and I think uh, Luis Munez lets him go forward a bit more. So I think the fact Christian was playing alongside him, maybe he, I don't, again, like you said though, Alex. I don't think anyone played bad, but I would have gone Hosebed, but. Yeah, I'd agree, actually. I don't think there's any obvious candidates for that one, apart from, I, I suppose you're right, Chris. I suppose if we're talking about impact on the pitch, then maybe it should be Ben Kamasa, because I did notice he didn't do anything as well. So, um, But I'll stick with Hossebed. Um, let, let's go more positive, though. Biznaga. Chris, who are we going Biznaga? Ale Benitez. Yeah, absolutely for me, too. I thought he was brilliant. He just everywhere. Um, yeah. Just seems to have become brilliant in the last two games. So, And my second was going to be Hyro, actually. I thought Hyro was excellent again and um, got a bit tired towards the end, I thought. But he's looking... When I kept saying, I don't know what he does, I'm starting to see what he can do a bit now, which is good. Uh, Alex, I think you're going to go Ale Benitez as well. I think I seem to remember you in our WhatsApp group saying he thought he was great. Yeah, I think... I mean, a few players... If I think one day, you know, I, I'm, I'm always one for saying that if you don't notice much of what a defender does, it means they've had a good game. I think, you know, generally the defence was fantastic. One day, Matos was good as well. I think Soriano deserves a mention. I think Eskasi and Rahmani also, you know, they offered quite a lot of uh, positives. <coughs> Quintana, Quintana with a goal as well. I think he, he put himself out there. Jairo, I thought, was fantastic. I think, you know, the, the cross, you know, I think that, you know, was the icing on the on the cake. And, you know, but I have to go with Ali Benitez. I think he's my new favourite young player. I think he's, oh, you know, he's no. fantastic. We're going to be Ali Benitez now every week. Issa Fomba's just started crying. <laughs> Issa Fomba's oh. crying into his plate of bocarones as we speak. I don't know what Issa Fomba eats. I just went bocarones. I mean, uh, <laughs> I actually think, I mean, if, say, you know, obviously Calero's going to come back next season... Casas is going to come back. I, I don't think we need to keep on Gonzalez for. I think we can afford to let him go if they're an offer. If they're an offer does come in, nah, but I think yeah, you know, he's too young to go. I think Ale Benitez is one of our. You know, I think Ale Benitez, Calero, and Casas—they're three perfect right backs because they they both offer something different. And I think you know they're three right backs that I can't you know I can't I, make any complaints about. So yeah, and also what I would hope is that. Maybe uh, Bejicer can try in the preseason to play, and this sounds might sound crazy, <clears throat> um, to try and uh, put them all a half on the left back position. Well, that's what I was about to say. All three of them have yeah. played left back at some point as well. So 
Mm-hmm. I know it's not their natural position, but that's positive. But then you can like, yeah, I don't know. But the only thing is, I seem to remember Ale Benitez playing left back earlier in the season and getting absolutely decimated by someone. Might have even been the first game of the season, actually. Or yeah. try a few of them at the centre back position. Well, I think Ishmael's Ishmael great. Casas can. Yeah, he played definitely. There before. I think he's great there. I, I think or that's try, try Ale Benitez there in, in the preseason. I think Ishmael's better there. I think he's a bit more disciplined. I think a right back he goes. I don't know. He loses his position a bit more. But um, anyway, yeah. Let, let's let's stick with the positive and say Ale Benitez, an absolute clean sweep of the Biznaga there. He was awesome. Malaga were good. I'll, I'll use my word again. Comfortable. Chris may disagree, but we'll try and end with comfortable. I don't think I've ever said the word so much in the space of about 28 minutes. So after 28 minutes of talking about our win against Albacete, let's move on to the next part of this week's podcast where we can talk about hopefully getting a win over in Gran Canaria against Las Palmas. So as we've celebrated already on this week's podcast, that is two wins in a row for Malaga. So let's try and go for a third. But to get that third, we are going to have to get past Las Palmas. To give us the lowdown on the team that we need to beat is Matt Rains of the Las Palmas UK Fan Zone. I'm delighted to have you back on, Matt. How are you doing? Always a pleasure. Everything's all right. You boys okay? Yeah, we're, I think we're all good, aren't we, boys? We've been sort of happy on this week's podcast with all the wins. Uh, I say I say all the wins. Two wins yeah. to us is all the wins. Um, so that's good. And, and you're, you're still in Derby, I see, yes? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, you know, it's, it's looking quite bright. You just showed us out your window. It's a bit brighter. Um, so you're not missing Las Palmas too much, no? <laughs> Always going to miss it. Always going to miss it, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Just... Uh... With the uncertainties, stay put for a bit and see what happens. Yeah, hopefully next season. And while we're talking about Las Palmas, Matt, I've got to ask you, obviously I think we spoke last time you came on about my trip to Las Palmas last season. So I've got to ask, how are my friends at La Arancadia? As far as I know, they're all good. In yeah. contact with um, Nali, the owner, every now and then. Yeah. Um, Claudio's normally uh, found in there, but... Uh, It'll still be our bar of choice, definitely, before any games, if I get over. And obviously, if there's any English fans that do want to go in there, all they have to do is just say, Matt told me to come in and uh, <laughs> Nally will be lucky and should be nice enough to speak to you in English. So, <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you think we get free beer? No, we definitely talked about told, them twice. <laughs> if you told oh, Nally that uh, I sent you, she'll give you a free money rum, I'm sure. Yeah, I think, I think I'm I, sure I got a freebie out of them. Or maybe it was... Um, um, your mate Andy might have got me a free drink, maybe actually a Scottish Andy. Um, no, no, like you said, anyone that go when the world opens up, you know, go and visit Gran Canaria, beautiful part of Spain, sort of Spain. Um, and yeah, go there and like exactly like I did, and I said to Nali, I was sent here by Matt. Or oh, no, I don't think I did actually. I think you'd given her a heads up, hadn't you? And she said you must be Matt. And I, yeah, and probably just. Just let her know there's a few people on the way in. And, <laughs> yeah, you get looked after. 
And my, uh, my my wife used to go on holiday when she was a kid, always to uh, to Canada. So, well, she knows where to go now. If um, and if I remember rightly, um, they were do. I think they were doing like Monteditos, and uh, I I told her as a vegetarian, she made me a special one. So that was very nice of her. Um, yeah, just before we talking about uh, old faces and familiar faces at Las Palmas, um, just quickly because I've been obviously watching a lot of Spanish football during these these months of not being able to do as much travelling. Um, I just quickly want to ask you about Pedri, Matt, because I've, I've quite enjoyed watching Barcelona the second half of the season and they seem to be a bit resurgent now despite the El Clasico loss. Um, how is it as a Las Palmas fan watching Pedri from afar? Because he's becoming one of my favourite players to watch in Spain at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit surreal, really. Um you know, two years ago he breaks through into first team as a 16-year-old and then I think I read there's only uh, De Jong that's started more games yeah. so far this season. So, you know, Coman trusts him. Obviously, it's good for us from a financial perspective because it's a £5 million fee that rises based on first Champions League appearance, first goal, first Spanish call-up. So, you know, as, as he goes further, I... You know, we're going to make some more money off it. But I always said you had players like Vieira around him when we had him on loan. He bought out the best in Pedri. But you take a bit of quality away from Pedri and Pedri struggles to sort of stand out. If you put the quality around him, the quality comes out. So it's no surprise that he's shining, really. Yeah, and I suppose that's true of this Barcelona team who were sort of stuttering (laughs) a bit at the start of the season, weren't they? So maybe it wasn't the best environment to come into initially, but... Yeah, he's just great. I just love watching him. And I imagine um, you guys over at Las Palmas, it must be sort of like like a proud family watching their, their son do well out in the big world. So, um, yeah, if, if people haven't watched Pedri yet, I highly recommend getting a and bit if you of believe in, if you believe anything the Daily Mirror, right, Liverpool are in for him before this uh, release clause goes ah, up. Right, right, okay. Well, my friend does write for the Daily Mirror, so I will ask. Oh, no, he doesn't anymore. He moved. But I'll, I'll ask you. <laughs> um, anyway, just just quickly because I, I um, on a similar sort of you you said about it's a bit surreal, but I I think since we last spoke, I, I discovered a fact about your manager, and I messaged you beforehand, and it seemed it sort of passed you by as well. But uh, Pepe Mel, as I think we spoke about on last time, that he was the manager of West Brom, was really, you know, did a good job at Betis. He's been at Las Palmas two seasons now, two and a half. Yeah, Yeah. he's two and a half, yeah. But he's not just a football manager. So my question to you was going to be, have you read the books of Pepe Mel? And you were quite as stunned as I was when I found out about it. But he does write fiction. How have you missed this, Matt? <laughs> I'm going to blame Google because there's been nothing since 2016. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently um, he writes mystery novels. <laughs> really? It doesn't even I think in, in an interview with somebody, I think it was Eurosport or somewhere like that, he said he enjoys the prep and. Yeah. It's his way of relaxing and winding down. So but, got, yeah, completely got, passed me by. I, I will tell you some, some books you wrote. I've got El them written Camino down. Más Allá. Yeah. El um, Mentiroso. El Mentiroso. There are two of them. I don't know why. Um, and I have La Prueba. 
Yes, which is that's I think that is a football book actually, if I remember rightly, when I yeah. looked into this months ago. But uh, from my understanding, they're sort of like Dan Brown sort of mystery books because apparently he's big into history and archaeology. And I thought, oh really? Okay. I thought that's quite cool. I actually love Dan Brown books. There you go. So Chris, of, of all of us, maybe you can be the one to um, go away and read all these books, and you can give okay. us a review next time Matt is on. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read some Peppermill books now. No. <laughs> but um, I don't know if um, I don't know if Matt or um, Alex or even you, Chris, listened to Quickly Kevin. But they um, they did a big thing on theirs where they found out Steve Bruce had written a trilogy of books, and they're they're really, really, really bad. Uh, but they're like so bad, it's funny. So they do for their Patreon. They read out a chapter a week of. Um, they're sort of like these crime thrillers but a, a bit bit Alan Partridge so as if Pepe Mel can do better than Steve Bruce as an author he he's he's done something right um also Pepe Mel Chris um I'm sorry not Chris Matt uh going on to sort of things that have happened this week and coming back towards football a bit more but as he's had a bit of a bust up with a radio employee or something I read as one of the headlines somewhere on Twitter um what's going yeah. on there I think it just boils down to the the result at the weekend. I think I think the tweet was from one of our UD radio employees. Um, you know, and he, he rolled, rolled, rung off a name of a rule of players: Sergio Ruiz, um, Araujo, Hesse, uh, Pajinho, Robert. I think Robert didn't play though. Sorry. Basically, said you've got all these players and you don't have a shot on goal. Um, Pepe Mel got wind of it, um, popped a screenshot on Instagram, mentioned how this person works for the club, and I can't remember what the rest of the quote was, something along the lines of, you know, we have to work from within and that, but I, I do think the gentleman's got history as well with previous managers. Okay. So it's just where do you draw the line and where do you allow people to have but a professional opinion? Do you, uh, do you, do you think... Um, I think if you work for a club, you are also a bit of a fan, maybe. Yeah. Um, do you think an employee of a club who is also a fan can be critical, maybe sometimes? Definitely when they work for the radio station. I understand it if the guy from the from the yeah. of official store uh, who's behind the desk selling items is going to be critical about everything. Um, it's a bit different, but if somebody of the radio station of Ude Las Palmas ask a critical question, that should be possible. Yeah, I suppose right? you've probably you, you've got to be careful about what you say, haven't you? But at the same time, you are entitled to an opinion. Yeah. Hmm. So you, I mean, do you keep it? I sit very much on the fence. You know, I, I think in in ninety minutes of football, you should have at least one shot on goal. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, if the team have been given a brief and the team are following the manager's instructions, then it sits with the manager. It's it, it's difficult because I don't know. You I don't really want to. You don't want to badmouth one and not the other, and you then say you know you're not allowed an opinion. It's yeah. I suppose I, I, I think that's horrible because uh, we kind of uh, work for or work with I don't know how you call it for Sport Direct Radio, and if Sport Direct Radio would say. Uh, listen, guys, uh, you can't say uh, you you can't say negative things about 
a Malaga club de football or about uh, yeah. Harry Potter or uh, <laughs> name something. Thank um, you, I, would, I, I would shut my computer <laughs> down and I would never do this again because I think, and we are lucky that, that Sport Direct thinks that way, that we should say what we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, it's suppose like just quickly on this, before we, we'll go to football matters then. I suppose it depends, doesn't it, how you're trying to sell these radio stations and media outlets. Like, say, for example, MUTV, which, you know, is a marketing tool for Manchester United Football Club, isn't it? So they're going to tell their employees, you're selling the club, don't be negative. Because I think people have got in trouble on that before, certainly when Ferguson was the manager. Um, I think as as long as there's communication and you're saying, right, you know, we want you to but, be authentic, go for it. Um, but, it but Matt, it's... it's I, I somehow understand it, but it's a bit dull and a bit stupid if you have a, a, a radio show and then you would ask like only, yeah, only of course. say positive things. It but would that's be what very some do. boring. That's what some do, don't they? Anyway. Yeah, let, 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 uh, it's, it's just the way of the world, isn't it? Let's get if, on if, to if, it then, Matt. If Las Palmas played a horrible match, you're not, and, and you're hosting the radio show the next day or the same day and... and, and you can ask a Pepe Mel a question. You're not going to say, "Wow, wow, what a great match, Pepe! Wow, it was really amazing." Um, yeah, are you happy with, or I don't know, what, what do you ask? Or uh, yeah. congratulations on this on this great match? Well, they were horrible. Yeah. Well, there you go then. If if this employee is saying or has said something negative about one game, it sounds like. Um, obviously, we spoke quite a while ago. It seems like a long time ago since we played uh, Las Palmas. Uh, you're 10th in the league, the place below where Malaga are at the moment. So I suppose my next question is going to be, how has the season gone? Would you say it's gone badly or, or not? Or, or what? You tell us as the Las Palmas fan here. Uh, I'd just say it's it's gone as really we probably wanted to. I know there's always the whole... Yeah, we want to get promoted. We spent three, four seasons in La Liga. We want to get back there. We don't need to be languishing any longer. But Pepe Mel's brief was, firstly, keep us up. Okay. So you hit the 50 points. We look at it now, I believe we're nine points off the playoffs. Eight or nine points off the playoffs. <laughs> you used the P word. I said to, yeah. We, 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 I, we I said, said to you guys, <laughs> I told Alex as well at Mallorca, we, if we snuck in the playoffs... Then so be it, you know. Um, I believe we could possibly make it, but we've basically got eight games left and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I looked at, um, I went through your results sort of since Christmas and they're a bit crazy, aren't they? Because you drew 0 0 with Oviedo this past game, uh, 1 1 against Mallorca, who are obviously a very good team, then hammered Lugo 6 1. It's they're all over the place. Those results has that just been your season inconsistency or? I think it is because again, I still don't think Pepe Mel knows his best eleven. There's that many changes. There's that many. Um, you know, we've had a couple of lads off with the COVID protocols. There's um, you know we, we've we've just lost Hesse after he's decided you know he's he's come back to club and he's I think he's suspended this week because of his straight red and he's just I I don't think we've had a settled 11 for long enough to actually get into a groove which is why everything's so up and down 
Yeah, I think um, when we did our sort of transfer window chat on our podcast in January, of course, being Malaga, there was no transfers to talk about. And I think we did have a little chat about Hesse going to Las Palmas and we thought it was quite an exciting one or certainly a fun signing um, from a neutral perspective. How has that signing worked out so far? I did see his red card on the weekend, actually, so maybe we can talk about that as well. I didn't see the game on Saturday because I was busy, but was the red card for the little bit of contact after the tackle or was it for something else? I believe, from what I saw, it was so, for those that haven't seen it, he sort of, you know, quite quite naughtily slides in, but not not violently, let's say, to sort of trip a player, doesn't he? He misses, and then as yeah. the player runs past, I think it's Sangali, he puts his foot down on his heel, I think accidentally from the one time I saw it, and got a red card, and I don't think it was a red card, but at the time I thought, cool, that means he can't yeah. play against Malaga, but I don't know, is, that a, good, is that a good or a bad thing? It's he took a few games to get get up to speed. Obviously, he's not played a lot of football. He's come from a Paris Saint Germain team that he's not really broken into. Um, didn't pull up any roots at Stoke. Um, I think he went on loan, Sporting Club de Portugal, Lisbon, but didn't pull up anything there. I think they wanted to cancel his loan as well. Um, and you know, he's he was one of the whole. Yeah, born on the island, let's bring you home and play for your club sort of thing. Um, he started having an impact, but probably not the instant impact that everybody was after. He's just been growing into games and unfortunately now he's ruled himself out. Yeah, if I remember rightly, and I can't remember why, I know in my head that he's a bit mad, isn't he? He's a bit bit out there as a player. I seem, Is he... Has he got a reputation of being quite arrogant, or have I got him mixed up with someone else? I don't know. Probably, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have seen nothing to say he was arrogant. Okay. But it's a word that gets banded around. Okay. You know, one of the one of the lads sort of said to me as well. He said, "Yeah, he's he's too arrogant, even at this level, sort of thing." So, okay. You know, he's again. It's where do you draw the line with your personality versus your job? Yeah. As we've just discussed in regards of radio <laughs> output. Um, so I suppose the next question is, um, if Hesse is not playing, who should we be looking out for? You said you've had a bit of a topsy-turvy season. Is there one player us Malaga fans should be worried about? Probably mentioned him on the last podcast, and I think I do most I do, because how technically good he is and movement-wise, Kyrian. If he gets in the team, if he starts, he'll pull some strings. Sergio Ruiz, don't back off him. Don't let him get within 25 yards of the goal because eight times out of ten he will score. Araujo has probably come back to being a bit of the player that we all know and love from a few seasons ago. And then you've got Robert and Pajinho. So I, I probably said it last time, there's a team that can interchange. You know, If one goes out on the wing, one can come in if... If the two lads on each wing swap over, it can just change the dynamic. So I would say, look out for Sergio Ruiz, Kirian Rodriguez, if those two start in the middle. Okay, good stuff. Alex, just quickly, because I know sometimes you deviate and watch some other Segunda football. Have you seen any Las Palmas this season or not? 
I haven't. I saw they lost. Sorry, they beat uh, Lugo six one, which was impressive, and it kind of made me thought. Uh, whenever a team loses by a amount of goals like that, I always think the next week they'll be eager to you know put on put on a show and you know get revenge almost. But you know, Lugo obviously didn't quite get that against us. But no, I haven't watched much Las Palmas this season. But I've I've kept an eye on their results. You know, I keep an eye on all of the sort of fellow you know, supporters that we know and, you know, I've seen they've been in and around the mid-table and I think similar season to Malaga is probably a fair, fair thing to say. Something I like, watched a few. I watched a few matches of them. And, and any thoughts, Chris? Yeah, but I, you never know what you're going to get. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't bet on them th- this season because or they are like uh, Barca Real or they are like Albacete. Well, I was just going to mention Albacete, actually, because I noticed that you've conceded, as Las Palmas have conceded as many goals as Albacete this season, which I thought was quite interesting, considering they're bottom of the league. Um, yep. Has that been a problem all season, defending? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's diff- Again, it probably just boils down to, like I said earlier on about all the changes. Mm-hmm. We haven't even got a settled keeper. Oh, it's, same here. <laughs> it's, I know. The, um, so Alex Dominguez gets a call up for the under twenty ones. Valles keeps the shirt because he plays a good couple of games. Man of the match on on Saturday against Oviedo for us. He'll keep the shirt. He might make one little mistake. Then Dominguez is back in. And I think I know what you said a minute ago, Chris. You wouldn't bet on on Las Palmas in a game. I'd bet on the opposition scoring against us in the first 10 minutes because I think we've done it in the last four or five games. Yeah, I think you've, even that's, in the Lugo game. To, uh, Alex, are you listening? Because we both gamble a bit more. I'm taking notes. Segunda's yeah. never, I mean, championship is the same. I never usually put championship games in any hackers because, <laughs> well, they, they tend not to go the way you think they were going to go. Yeah, actually, I'm sure Matt's relieved, actually. He's on a Segunda podcast rather than a championship podcast, so we don't have to talk about uh, Derby County at the moment. But we, we'll, we'll leave it at that with Derby County. So I think you've sort of answered this question already, Matt, but I don't know if you want to add to it at all. I was going to ask, I suppose you're in the same boat as us, really, Matt, because I think I said on last week's podcast that, um, I don't know, is this podcast going to be boring now? Because we didn't know if we were, we, we think we're safe, I think, well, I'm almost certain we're safe, and I include you in that boat with us. But can I started this week's podcast saying, can we use the P word? And you've already used it. I think I used it earlier, and it's not Prince Philip, and it's not penis, as Chris suggested. It is playoffs. Um, what is a good season for you now, or, or do you feel like you've had a respectable season and, and you're quite content? I'd say top eight. I'd be happy top eight. You know, it's it just prove a bit of consistency um, based on last season when we very nearly got there. Um, we've gone from a chop and change mentality of managers in and out the door as quickly as we can get them off the plane, mm-hmm. um, giving Pepe Mel a bit of time, and you know he's he just needs to get a, a foundation in place, build the foundation, and then you never know next year might have a push. And, and go from there but I'd say top half top eight I'd be happy yeah that, it, now you think about it yeah now I think about it even it's it's very sound um running of the club from Las Palmas it, it seems unusual to have a, a manager in Segunda for 
you know, he's going to complete two seasons at the club. That's quite amazing. Actually, more I think about it, Payase is going to have done a year and a half with us by the end of the season. That's quite quite impressive in itself as well. Um, and I suppose, like, we all, well, every time we get someone on, we don't expect you to answer yes, Matt, but just in case, have you seen much of Malaga this season? Or, do you have any thoughts on them if you have? But I understand if you haven't. Yeah, no, my life's got a bit busier and I'm still at work and that, so yeah, I haven't got time for as much football as I used to have. Um, and I'll be honest as well, I can't watch it without any fans. Yeah, I, it is tough. I miss the build-up, I miss the atmosphere, I miss the camaraderie, I miss the, the crowd, I miss the passion. and So I've, I've just tended to just stay away from football, really, for the past 12 months that, and just watch the game. It's changing. Could be because I did. I did hear that maybe the game for against Albacete was our last game behind closed doors. Yeah. So that could be about to change. I think that's Tebas talking, but the Spanish government is pretty strict with their. Uh... Yeah. I I can't see it happening either. Um, I I think I've said on here before. I don't really see the point now. Like just write this season off as the fanless season, and I'd rather them just get it right for the start of next season. But yeah, I totally agree. I think we've said on this podcast a few times, um, certainly when we've talked to people who are fans of Malaga um, like that, we love the the pre-match stuff at Malaga is great. And it has been great doing this podcast and sort of there is another connection to football through that, I suppose, but it doesn't beat the match day. I, I totally agree. Um, so, yes. and, and we want the veterans from the Malaga Stadium. Yes, we do. <laughs> Let's get past. Well, they don't do any alcohol in the stadium, do they? But maybe after... No. Even after... Like, Manus Madrid or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just support one of the locals outside with it in the ice boxes. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, Matt, I think you know the stand in front of the of the stadium where they... Yeah. I do. Yeah. The one across where, the road. Where, where, where the Giri Army bus is stopped next to it. Yeah, yeah. I think for the home games, the Pacharan should come from there. Okay, we'll try and make that happen. I usually, when I... With the stadium on the background, and yeah. then the away games should be from the Tevin. <laughs> or, or from the away games, <laughs> if we can travel again. Um, I usually, when I leave... Oh, I'm going to get all nostalgic now. Um, when I leave La Rosaleda, there's a guy that sells, like sweets and maybe some scarves and he has like a bin yes. next to him which just is as as Matt just said essentially an ice box just full of cans of Victoria so I usually get a can of Victoria off him for like a euro but um some soon soon while we're talking about Malaga then guys um I know we've just spoke about it a bit earlier um just to to wrap up some business from earlier when we were talking about Ben Camasa uh, Joaquin Munoz called him Malaga's answer to Casemiro. That's the player. We couldn't remember who he got compared to. So, um, yes, that that's ridiculous. I think we can all agree. Um, so, Chris, um, was there anything you would change in this Malaga 11? Would you bring in the Malaga Casemiro? I'm guessing not. No. <laughs> Fair enough. No. Any, I, anyone else you'd like know, to see? I don't know what I would change, to be honest. No, me too. I'm... Keep- Keep things the way they are. Yeah, to be honest with you, I, there's probably nothing I would change. Um, I don't know about injuries. Is Luis Munoz, is he fit now? I'm not sure. I don't know. I know that Ismael Casas is still in the gym, working in the gym, as well as Mejidas, who is okay. also working in the gym. So they are both not back. 
and I'm guessing Stefan's still a bit off the pace. Um, Alex, any changes for you? Or are you quite happy to roll with what we've got at the moment? I think I'm fairly happy. I mean, the only thing I would say, it might not be a popular opinion, but if, you know, say, Luis Munoz is maybe looking at leaving at the end of the season, I'd try and maybe reduce his minutes because we don't want him getting <coughs> injured and then missing out on a big sum of money. So although that may not be the best interest of the team because we want to you know, maybe make that push for players, but I think it's safe enough for us to start resting those players and you know, think of, about next year in Segunda. But yeah, I think maybe, apart from that, I don't think I have any qualms. Maybe, uh, I think, change out, you know, make a, start making a few changes so the players don't you know, burn out. But I think other than that, I'm happy with how it's going. Good stuff. So uh, that is, I think we haven't said it, is a Saturday night kickoff. I think quarter to six Spanish, quarter past six, sorry, Spanish time. Uh, Malaga flying from Madrid as well, because we can't get chartered planes anymore can we so I believe they're flying from Madrid I read somewhere might be wrong yeah we're staying for a long time in uh, in Los Palmas oh, there you go they uh, can go to we go on Thursday or Friday the last training is at Los Palmas then after the game we stay another night and then Sunday we train at Los Palmas again mm-hmm. and then Monday we travel back okay so maybe um the Malaga team can make a visit and go and see Nali up by the stadium and uh, we, I'll pass that on to them. It wouldn't uh, surprise me if she's going to provide some of the catering for them. So. <laughs> well, you know, try not to poison us. Try not to be too... Um, to wipe our team out in some sort of chemical attack. Because I, I know that she wouldn't poison them with her usual cooking. It's very good. I mean, in case she... Her love for Las Palmas meant an attack on our team. But there goes our free beer. <laughs> no, she is a lovely, <laughs> lovely lady. She wouldn't do that. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I hate doing it. Matt, do, do you want to go with a prediction at all? I'll go for a 2-1 win. Okay, thank you. From 2-1 win to Malaga for Matt there. <laughs> uh, okay, I thought I'd see the fact you laughed. I'm guessing you meant Las Palmas then. Um, I, Chris, Alex, anyone want to throw one out there? Uh, I want to go one all or nil nil. I think that's fair. To. I think you know both both teams similar similar capabilities. I think you know Malaga missing a few players. That's Palmas obviously missing Kese, the key man. But I think I'd be happy with the point, and you know I think it, it'd probably be a fair result. Oh, Alex, you're so boring. Come on, promotion party. Uh, Two one for Malaga. But, yeah, same. Um, let Let me tell you, I think the the team who will win. Is the team to chase the most in promotion? I agree. I think that is true. Actually, I think I think if we win, which again I, I'm not going to make a prediction, but if we get three wins on the bounce, who knows what confidence that could breed? But well, anyway, I think we're getting Mallorca <laughs> and Espanyol right after it. So yeah, but you know, and Girona. I think it's Girona actually first. Oh. Um, but yeah, we, we do have against them. But you know, let, let's let's dream. I've clearly it's all gone to my head. These uh, two wins in a row. I, I I'm really need to calm down a bit. Um, but I will say a big thank you to Matt Rains for joining us once again. Thank you, Matt. No Excellent stuff. And I hope you know after this weekend you can get that top eight finish you want and then well I hope you stay in our league um, especially if we're going to stay in the league because I'd love a trip back to Gran Canaria next season when hopefully 
things are open again. And if you are there, I'll make sure to enjoy a tropical beer with you. Um, one, of, one of the better Spanish beers I've had, actually. I really like Tropical. It's excellent, which I now know our Tenerife friends. Not going to be happy if he listens to this, but never mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll suck up to him when he comes on again. Um, and thank you to Alex Ashmore. Thank you. Vamos Malaga. Vamos Malaga, indeed. Chris, anything you want to add? Vamos Malaga. Thank you for joining us again, uh, Matt. This was a real pleasure. Oh. Pio, Pio. <laughs> P.O. P.O. indeed I thought you were thanking me then Chris I was like I'm here every week but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yes thank you to Matt again I have also been Matt thank you for listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio adios and vamos Maliga <laughs>